0: So I, I tend on on catering towards like the radical candor, like the the, the brute honesty, and we're like, look, Mr. and Mrs. Client, like we would love to work with you. Um, I have a concern in regards to the the language and tone in this email, and. I'll-
1: Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm super excited about having this conversation. I've been following you a little bit on, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm really excited to kind of learn everything that I can about you and share um, what you have to say with, with some of the people who are listening. How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm amazing. I'm, I'm flattered to be here. I'm excited. Uh, even after just a little bit of falling on LinkedIn, Like I must have made an impression. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here.
1: Cool. That's great. So um, t- tell me a little bit about what you do uh, today and mm-hmm. uh, kind of um, uh, what led you to, to doing what you're doing.
0: Sure. Um, today, I'm the founder of Client Boost. We're a performance marketing agency um, specializing in paid ads, you know, email marketing, SEO, CRO as well. Um, I stumbled uh, to do what I'm doing. It wasn't on purpose, didn't set out to do it actually came to the U.S. wanting to be a marine biologist, believe it or not, and I found out that I was uh, okay at marketing enough to give me confidence to, to start on the journey I'm on now.
1: That's cool. So where did you come to the U.S. from?
0: So I came from Denmark. So my full name is Jonathan Dane Schuessler. Um, I left the last part out because if, if you had to spell both my names uh, first and last, you would have a hard time because I have two H's in my first name, uh, but I came um, when I was 13, been a du- I've been a dual citizen my whole life, um, but I really settled down when I was about 21 and just came over here for college and, uh, and been here ever since for like the last 11, 12 years.
1: Wow, that's excellent. And you said you, you, were, you were, were you studying for, to be a marine biologist?
0: Yeah, I was. Um, I took chemistry and I was like, this is not going to go well. I shouldn't continue on this journey and I should figure <laughs> something else out. And that's, that's exactly what happened. And uh, I went and, and actually did uh, the PR route and had a great teacher um, at my junior college at, at Orange Coast College here in Costa Mesa, California. And she kind of like guided me down this path of, of marketing.
1: Oh wow! So while you were studying, it's chemistry that broke you, basically. <laughs> chemistry that kind of yeah, exactly. Like, oh, exactly. No, I'm not doing this. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Um, and um, yeah, so so you found you. So while you were studying, you you kind of found the p the PR route, and that led you down the marketing route. Is, it, is that what you're mm-hmm.
0: saying?
1: Cool. And yeah, go ahead.
0: Right. I had some I had some odd teachers. I, I was gonna say I had some odd teachers where one class he decided to kind of break the syllabus and help us build our own WordPress site. And so like kind of like one thing led to another and I kind mm-hmm. of figured out what I could do writing content and things like that too. Um, and that, that was kind of like the, the the planting of the seed, so to speak.
1: Oh, super cool. And uh, in regards to marketing, you, what you were you what, did you have like other roles or did you found this company right away? How did you get to find this company? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the milestones?
0: um so in in school when i was probably i would say a senior in college is where like it started getting real i remember i was making about fifteen thousand dollars a month um in like revenue just just doing you know freelance uh pay-per-click advertising work for uh for clients that found me on craigslist believe it or not and uh and so i never really like had a job for it specifically or anything like that um i just kind of stumbled across it and then one of my clients at that time wanted to leave his current company to start an agency, kind of like what I was doing on a small scale, mm. uh, which was in Utah and, um, and after college, after I graduated, decided to move there and, and start an agency, uh, with him. And so I was there for about like a year and a half and, uh, and came back to California to, to start client boost basically.
1: Oh, cool. And what was it like to start, to start an agency at, uh, I I started many agencies I know it's not easy at least it, was, yeah. it wasn't for me. What was it like and uh, I I think you shared an important milestone. You're you're an agency that's making a million dollars a month. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, and that's
0: our that's a recurring revenue right now.
1: Yeah, so congratulations by the way. That's Thank amazing. You. It's it's uh, so how did you get here and what were some of some of the kind of difficulties along the road if you wish?
0: Sure. So I I never. This this might help people watching or listening. Is that I never actually had a specific goal, and I never was really good at hitting my own goals, for that matter. I uh, I look back in the last five years, and I think of myself as like a human pinball. I kind of just bounce around and think, like, figure things (laughs) out as I go along. Um, But I but I always know what to do as like the next step. I don't really worry about ten steps ahead or months ahead if you ask me what my plans are for the weekend I have no clue I don't even I don't even plan that um so I mean the the traditional bumps and bruises that happen when you learn things things break people are unhappy clients are unhappy um those things happen but they're not that big of a deal um in regards to you know me being blessed with a lot of confidence and also seeing out there what we can do differently be a different agency Um, from, from being like selected and being, you know, uh, lucky to have as many clients as we do today. Um, mm. but I mean, there, there are ones where we've had, you know, clients leave on, um, a large scale, like when COVID started, for example, mm. that was really, um, interesting. Um, we also had like a, a breach one, at one time where one person or, or a group of people decided to hijack our clients, Google ads accounts, and then wow. run traffic to their own websites luckily like everything got refunded and all that kind of stuff and things got patched up but like those are some of the bigger things but they're not they're not that scary like they're not they're not big issues obviously either
1: Hmm. interesting were they were there like what were the jumps from let's say starting the agency like what were let's say if you wish The hits? Did you move, Mm -hmm. let's say, from from five hundred to a million in one go? Like, was that a a big jump? What were the jumps? Just curious about how you get. And uh, there's a (laughs) follow-up question there. How did how did you do that?
0: Yeah, it's it's so today. Like looking back, it's all been incremental. It's all been very linear. Um, Mm. And so there wasn't anything like groundbreaking that we've done. It's always been well. How do we make this system better by one percent? And this other system better by one percent? It's very small incremental changes that have led to this as well. Now for after covid like the lockdowns happened, um we then all of a sudden found that like the speed and the momentum of us growing accelerated quite a bit and so we've actually hired um twice as many people during covid uh mm-hmm. than before. We doubled in size and we doubled in size of, of our revenue. We're almost at 1.2 million MRR now. Um so that's kind of like environment related right um i also think it's in regards to um us having a strong foundation with our brand and our thought leadership and the and the content that we put out quite a bit um has really helped us well Um, so those are those are the things but like we're we're thinking now we could be wrong but we're thinking that very soon our growth could be more exponential because we have more leverage we have more resources we can do bigger things whereas before that, that growth has just been linear and it's just been like incremental so we went I mean we we celebrate every milestone we go from you know 100k MRR to 250 to 500 to 750 to then a million and so now like the the distance in between hitting those goals are shrinking time wise so we're, we're hitting them faster which is really cool
1: and you speak like you don't speak like an agency. You speak more like a tech company, and I want to find the origins <laughs> of that because you speak about MRR. You yeah. speak about you know uh, the 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 way you approach this. Uh, you approach it in a kind of entrepreneur tech mentality. Um, is that because you're focused mostly on digital? Is it because something in your kind of thinking or something you read? Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Great question. Um, maybe it's because I think it sounds sexier. I don't know. Um, it could.
1: <laughs> I, I, think, I think for
0: me, um, <laughs> well, we think we we work a lot, I would say, like a, a software company in, in the way that we ship things uh, in different departments and we make upgrades and, and we track the crap out of stuff too. Um, so that could be much of a reason why, um, because I, I, I think in systems, I'm, I'm not smart enough to actually make complex things work I need to break them down to be as simple as possible to then also explain it to somebody else how to do it Um, and so that's just how my mind operates
1: that's super cool Uh, do you do you have a certain focus on certain clients how do you choose your clients because obviously um, I don't know I get the sense I may be wrong about this that you don't operate like a like regular agencies do and the reason I say regular agencies because I grew up uh, and did marketing like since 20, 25 years ago, uh, I'm older than I look <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and work with agencies worked with agencies as, uh, as like agencies are, are considered some sort of traditional, they have a certain way of operating. Your agency is moving fast and to move fast, you have to operate mm-hmm. a little bit differently and kind of move fast and break things. So mm-hmm. do you know how you're different yep. from other agencies and what separates you and what kind of clients do you choose?
0: Yeah, the the clients um, fortunately come to us. So we've built a a pretty strong acquisition engine and we get like up to 20 to 30 uh, proposal requests a day, which is a lot. Um, Mm. So we have a mix of 200 published case studies that are SaaS companies, e-commerce companies, you know, lead gen companies. So luckily our strategies and our recipes for execution work across the board, which we're very excited about. Um, As far as the differentiation question, it's something that I put my hat on that I'm very happy about is that I believe that we figured out a way um, through something I call quantified differentiation. So if you go to our website now, for example, literally, I think our headline says the performance marketing agency that moves fast and breaks things like literally what you just said. And, uh, And we launched a new website today actually. And if you look at just our team page, for example, you know, one thing I cared about was figuring out, you know, on a range from good or like bad to good, you know, how would people interpret our photos of our team, just the individual pictures. And so I decided to raise a bar and actually do confetti. So we're blasting confetti cannons into our team's faces. And uh, we got some great reaction photos. And, but that's like one example of like, well, how do you, how do you like every part of your site, every part of your experience can be different. Um, Same with what we're doing on LinkedIn, all of the people in the leadership team they're all now expected to become leaders on LinkedIn. We're all sharing content twice a week and we're continuously doing that. That's something a lot of other agencies don't do. So I basically poke holes all day long and I figure out, well, how do we dial this up a bit? And this one over here a little bit more. And how do we make this better? How do we you know, make the client experience amazing when they join us in the first three months you of know, their life with us? Those kind of things are things I obsess over. So those are all things that I kind of boil down to quantify differentiation they might not be easy to track but you can track everything on a scale and you can use tools like usability hub to ask a preference test what do you think is more fun or more interesting or better you know this or this and you can get feedback and then that can help polish your uh, your uh, differentiation
1: oh super cool um you you blasted confetti in the face of yeah. your <laughs> that must have been a lot of fun so it was a lot um, of fun what is what are some of the major differences, or where did you notice a major difference between, let's say, jumping being a five hundred thousand dollar a month company to a, a million dollar? Did you where did you start noticing a major difference in how you operate, the kind of outlook you mm-hmm. you 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 kind of approach, or how you approach business? Which were the, the milestones that you you thought, oh, we need to establish something?
0: Do you, you know what, what's interesting is that not a lot changes other than you're more relying on the systems that you built. Mm-hmm. And you're also more focused on um, auditing everything that you have built to see how fast it can break and kind of stress testing those systems. So more so because we're, we're approaching 100 people is um, like the, the chains of command. Like we're a flat organization. Anybody can come talk to me. But as far as like getting answers to your questions, like we've, we've made like an accountability chart of where you go talk to that person because we just found that there was just too many side conversations happening and not the decision the decision makers weren't looped in on it so little things like that but but other than that you know it, it's client boost is built off of systems we actually track every department's execution of systems on a monthly basis so we basically figure out like hey you know if a person has been here for uh, a couple months and like we know that they're having a great experiences at client boost like an employee we'll ask them to leave a glass door review. That needs to be done, you know, once a week basically. And we're making sure that we capture as much, uh, you know, positive reviews as we can so that we're building on that. That's just one example of a system that the HR department is using. Now the HR department might have 10, 20 systems, but the fact that we're tracking to make sure that the execution is accurate is important because it tells us whether or not we can add more systems to that department before we need to hire more resources for that department. So those are some of the things that we've done differently as we come from like the 500k million MRR.
1: Wow, you you, have, you apply at a lot of systems for an entrepreneur and uh, for someone who's working in the creative industry per se. Um, it's interesting because I I'm a believer that entrepreneurship is management, and I know where I suck at management, and and I I work with people to help me do that, <laughs> and where I where I thrive. Uh, but for a lot of people who probably getting into that, getting into entrepreneurship and have a creative mind the positive the idea of systems is like super boring or like too daunting um, what would you say to that like what are your thoughts because you obviously believe in them but were you always a believer right. in system where you do you think in that or do you see the effectiveness no of that?
0: yeah yeah no i was very much like uh build the plane as you fly it don't give an <laughs> f about things like just go 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 as fast we can it was our our vp of operations richard who showed me the data that we can pull like we use asana right for project management and we can use the api in asana to see the percentage of wins and losses of experiments for our clients we can see like are things delivered on time and that was really cool because now as an entrepreneur to make sure i can keep flying the plane i want to make sure that what i'm building isn't becoming this like tower of Jenga pieces, like where you pull one thing out and like the bottom gets like all you know, shaky and, and, and not sturdy. So for me, I just wanted to make sure that the foundation was continuously strong. And at the end of the day, I also in a selfish way wanted to say, hey, I can actually go on vacation and I can just lift the rug to see what's going on based off like the systems execution mm-hmm. and make sure that like the people that I've delegated to are doing their job and are doing it well. Um, because what I've also found in part me being, you know, a perfectionist is that I had a very hard time to give other people tasks to do. And I was ending up becoming the bottleneck. And I'm sure you've heard um, potentially the, uh, the saying like, you know, find somebody who is uh, as good as you, but like 70% teach them 10 and be okay with 80% level execution compared to yourself. And like, once I decided on doing that, the speed of which we grew, um, the happiness, the autonomy that people have has like also increased quite a bit.
1: I haven't heard that before, but I'm a big believer in it in the sense that I had I had my own version of. Um, I was speaking to an entrepreneur here in Vancouver. They uh, they built a company called Talent Marketplace, and um, okay. his his uh, his focus is all about bringing people and building them up so it's also focused mm-hmm. on teaching and i'm a bigger believer in that so but that's a very interesting concept in the sense that well find them that they do a, a big portion of what you do but not enough and and accept also good enough don't don't be the perfectionist right. uh, and it's hard in a exactly. creative industry so uh, uh, what do what do they what do your clients um enjoy the most about working with you guys
0: so we actually have, um, on our new website, we have like all the reviews categorized by like all the different types of benefits working with us. Um, I mean, the, the number one is results, obviously, um, speed is a very high one as well too. And then a lot of the things that we do, we kind of test on our, on ourselves before we roll it out to all of our clients as well. So when we say that we want to move fast and break things, it's like, well, we're trying to break the best practice up to today. Like, can it be better? Um, and we do that quite a bit. And we come out with that recipe, you know, or that that strategy with execution in a different way. Um, and that's also part of, of how we've been able to build a name for ourselves, too, because we've created blueprints for other people to follow. Um, so those are the, 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 the common, you know, big things that the clients love about us.
1: You sound like you're very big on teaching, educating, uh, not just people who work with you, but the market and your clients. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, was that yep. a, like a product of, um, you know, this is the best content strategy, we have to do that. Or is it something that you also like and engage in? And uh, how do you perpetuate the culture of education in a, in a company now that you're a hundred people?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your first question, you, you have to, The reason why you have to is because you have a a market of just so many potential clients that you could have, but they have no clue about who you are. And so if you were to ask logically, well, how do they judge you versus another agency? Well, it has to come down to content. It has to come down to something that's valuable. And you can track that. How long do they read what you put out? You know, do they actually convert on it? Things like that too. Um, And so luckily in our world, like we have all the levers and all the micrometrics that we can obsess with and increase, you know, turn those dials over time too. And then for the rest of the team, um, we do have uh, basically incentives like a thousand dollars per blog post that we pay internally for people that wanna write about new things or about something else because um, one, it helps add to the snowball of content that we already have. It also helps them be really good at what they're teaching because they're gonna retain it more. Um, And on top of that, we also have an internal academy where we have a person dedicated to running all the training internally to just level people up nonstop with uh, like hard skills and soft skills, like interpersonal relationship skills and things like that too. So those are some investments that we made and they've been paying off you know extremely well.
1: Wow, that's uh, very interesting. Um, you said that you work with clients that are, um, SaaS companies, uh, different, are there, are there clients you don't work with and why?
0: Any, any type of businesses that are normally restricted by like Google and Facebook are the ones that we normally don't work with, like gambling, um, CBD to some extent, things like that too. Um, but we have a wide, wide variety of clients, probably the one that's most out there is uh, the company called Fleshlight, which is like the masturbation tool. If you ever heard of that one before?
1: No, I haven't actually.
0: Good on you. That was a test. Uh, glad to see that <laughs> your, uh, your soul is pure. Um, but that's one of them too. So we, we've we had a lot of different types of clients, you know, over time, but um, we don't discriminate.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Was there, was there like sometimes, uh, I don't know if you heard of that strategy, which is kind of the... Um, what is it? The red strip. I can't remember what, what the name exactly, but basically it's, it's about the clients you allow in kind of the mindset of a client. Is there a certain mindset aside from the types of clients you want to work, work with? Is there a certain mindset that the client, uh, if a client has that mindset, it's hard to work with them and it's maybe not beneficial. Like you won't get the, the results that they're looking
0: for. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, we we basically have an audit process we go through we tell them the results that we believe we can hit within a certain time frame we also have them sign what we call an expectations agreement um basically like around what we expect of them which i know a lot of agencies do but it's been great for us we can just point out and say hey you know we'd love for for you to be able to to hold this side of your your bargain um so that's one thing too and On top of that, if there's any client who's just generally not fun to work with or they're being rude, um, we look to fire them. Honestly, we we just don't have time for that.
1: Have you ever had to do that?
0: Yeah, quite a few times. (laughs)
1: Uh, that must have been interesting. What, what was it like? I'm curious. <laughs> just like, what was it like? And and uh, how did how do you do that in a way that doesn't? Uh, I mean, sometimes you, you can't help it, but do you do you aim to create it in a way that doesn't show? Hey, there is nothing wrong here, but it's not working out for both of us.
0: We so I, I tend on on catering towards like the radical candor, like the the, the brute honesty, and we're like, look, Mister and Mrs. Client, like we would love to work with you. Um, I have a concern in regards to the, the language and tone in this email. And I wanted to ask, like, if, if you thought that was necessary, is there anything on our end that we can do to fix that and make it better so that we don't have to continue with that tone? What are your thoughts? And you kind of, kind of make them feel guilty for a second. You know, you bruise their ego a little too. Some of them will be, oh, you guys are crazy. Like, you know, go F yourselves. And we're like, all right, peace. You know, we'll see you later. Done. Um, and we'll let them out of their agreement as well too. Um, but then other ones are like, we actually turn around and we're like, we, we demand like the mutual respect. I'm not gonna have anybody on my team, you know, be the person just absorbing crap from a certain client or things like that that have crazy expectations or things like that too. So if that happens, we go back into the log and see where did we mess up on any of this so that we take ownership. But if there's nothing for us to improve upon, we bring that to the client and we fix it Um, or we have the uncomfortable conversation and and we have them depart that can happen too you know I'm I'm okay with that
1: that's interesting Uh, and and I'm sure I mean how do your uh, team um, kind of relate to that is there is there a conversation that you have where you say listen we we uh, this is our values we uh, we kind of want respect mm-hmm. you'll be respected here you're you're valuable because that's a that's a hard thing sometimes choosing between a client and you know there are many companies who would say listen you would have to to take this because we can't afford to lose a client in your case you're saying well we can't afford to lose right. a client because because what matters is our team and respect and certain values can you speak right. a little bit more about those values and how do mm-hmm. you communicate them within the company
0: yeah So we have, we actually have a value acronym. Uh, It spells party and it's five different values that we focus on. Um, Two of the ones to your question are about like accountability and transparency. Um, It's very, very easy for me to be a better CEO than a lot other uh, of the the CEOs that my team members have had in the past, simply because of those things that you're mentioning. Like if I can tell them and show them like, look, you come first, client comes second. Is there anything that we can do to this client to make them, you know, have a better relationship with you, for you to have more fun working with them? And if so, I'm going to take action on it. If not, and everything's fine and dandy, we don't need to worry about it. But just letting people know that I have their back on my team—it's so it, to me—it's almost silly that that previous like job experiences they haven't felt this way because it's such a low-hanging fruit for me to like take advantage of um, to do. But today you know, I, I am more relaxed about losing clients than I was earlier on because it was not as easy. We didn't have, you know, the line outside the door of companies wanting to work with us. Um, so I can, you know, with confidence say that our biggest client could leave tomorrow and maybe I'll be disappointed and want to know what could we have done differently. But even then I'd be like, well, shit, like on to the next one, Look, like, there's nothing we can do, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, what what in the day gives you like joy and 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 drives you as a person? I'm I'm sure it's different from the early days. I don't know how engaged you are with clients. If you are, please let mm-hmm. me know. But what drives you? What what are the things that you focus on and keeps you going? Uh, because yeah. managing a hundred 100 people company is daunting. It's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> it is. Luckily, it's always been progressive. You got to keep that in mind. It wasn't like I snapped my fingers and the next day we had a hundred more people. Um, so you've been building up and having the experience you know, to the point of today. Um, the thing that gets me most excited now is, is no longer new milestones to hit. Um, it's, it's seeing how people feel the confidence internally to be better at their craft, to want to start a family because they feel financially secure, to buy a house, you know, to make large purchases with the money that they're making, to, st- to learn more about investing for the future and retirement, like those are the things that get me going to see people level up. And then also like me helping them accelerate that even on a personal level, like by doing other things I can do for them to make them more excited about, you know, working here too. But that also continues after they're not working here. Like I still give Christmas presents to people who are not like no longer with the company sometimes too. Um, so for me, I tell people, if you're going to leave Client Boost, I hope that it's because you're leveling up somewhere else or you're going in a place where like you're just going to dominate. And if so, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. But if you go anywhere else and you decide to be mediocre, I'm going to I'm gonna be bummed about it because that's that's not what I had expected of you.
1: That's uh, that's a very interesting way of of seeing things and, and maintaining those relationships and uh, so it sounds like relationships matter a lot to you.
0: They do yeah, um, with without them and it's almost kind of like I purposely try to break through the employee and employer barrier um, and I have fun with my team. I you know we follow each other on like social media. We text each other. Like we hang out outside of work as well too it's important for me to be able to like level up and have a closer uh, and stronger relationship with my team because once bad things happen once you know doubts happen in their mind they're more open to come talk about it and so that we can fix it together versus just them saying you know what i'm out because i don't think anybody cares so in a weird way um it's almost like guilting you know my team to to come forward and talk more about it
1: that's super cool um <laughs> it's there's there's a ton I want to ask. In regards to uh the that relationship with, with your team, as as getting ideas happen, how easy or how fast it is to to work with people that you know and why? Uh, why is that so important to to take in an idea and really shaping it and as you in your words shipping it and presenting mm-hmm. it to the market? Uh instead of you know just working with skilled people focused on work, uh Building relationships take time. Uh, so why you're mm-hmm. investing that time and how does that help you kind of get things faster to market and build a bit of business?
0: Um, it's it's changing people's mindset because everybody can like be busy and, and be, you know, doing a lot of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing the most impactful things. And so when we like invest in the relationships, when we give them additional resources to level up like their own professional life, uh, things like that too, like we have, outside resources that come in and help and coach as well too, that we've been um, investing in Um, it kind of like, it helps people level up and be more mature and more serious about it too. They also start thinking bigger. Um, If you told me back, like, you know, five years ago, would you expect to be where you're at today? And I'd be like, no. And so what I think about is like, I wish I would have thought bigger. I wish I would dream bigger as well too. And now that we're seeing these wins from people that have been here a long time, they now get that confidence as well too and so they feel like you know every little piece of investment either it's coaching or it's either uh dieting it's health related it's the the, the gym membership that we give or it's a the virtual or physical conference uh marketing conference stipend that we give um those are all like little added pieces of armor that they, they get on their body that they get stronger and stronger feeling wise and so that helps just everybody getting on the same horse and riding in the same direction which is a huge thing to do as a company especially of this size to be able to do quickly um so those things help for sure i
1: bet um as a company you're making around you said a million dollars a month so or or now Mm -hmm. 1.2 so almost 12 or more it's almost 14 million dollars or what is it my math is now breaking yep you're right (laughs)
0: 14.4 i think Yeah. yeah
1: So $14.4 million a year in, in tech terms, you might be a company that is valued around $100, $150 million if you are a tech company. Yeah, if so, we were, uh, yes. So why wouldn't you you know sell the company and go sit on a beach somewhere and enjoy your days spending money? Why wouldn't you do that?
0: <laughs> um, I will always work. I know that. I will always try to figure out ways to bring value. I think the next step, um, after, cause we do want to sell, we actually gotten five acquisition offers this year. And right now we're going for a million dollars a month in profit. And then at that time, looking to sell the reason why we're waiting for that number is because I want to make other people, uh, very wealthy at the company too. And, um, you know, at that time I'll definitely take a break. I'll definitely go on a beach, but I'll think of like my next thing of what I want to do at that time. Um, because I think I would just, you know, be super bored to be honest <laughs>
1: And uh, that's that's excellent. I wish you all the best with that. And and it's it's interesting. You're saying you want to make other people uh, wealthy in the company. Why mm-hmm. is that important? Why not just? I mean, I mean, it's it sounds like a stupid question, but I, I want to ask <laughs> it. It's like why not just you know worry about you and hey you, you yeah found that you gave them a job. Why do you want to make them wealthy? What drives you?
0: Sure. Um, it's it's that focus on making our work environment unfair to other work environments, um, working on the transparency, showing people you know, what money we make. For myself, I, I feel like I could retire and get some other job and you know just have fun um, right now. And so that's why I mentioned too, like hitting another milestone isn't gonna make me more excited. It's something I'm gonna continuously strive for. Um, but what gets really exciting is that like I know that I could retire today. Let me see how many more other people I can get to retire because i feel like that's way cooler to be able to achieve and say versus just taking care of yourself
1: so you're going after not just beyond your own goals and what what gives you value you're going kind of towards uh giving to others um what does that really mean to you like how does it how does it fulfill you to to uh kind of um give to others and and go beyond your own goals and and help others achieve their mm-hmm. goals.
0: Yeah. I I think it's partly selfish because I can feel internally like the the excitement that I get when people come and share personal wins that they've achieved or things that they're wanting to do as well and build um you know their own generational wealth for their own family um which is something that I don't think they ever thought was possible before joining Client Boost. Um and so now that like, you know, we're basically all in a position where we, everybody in our leadership team has never done what they're currently doing before, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. Um, they had no experience. It was more so, let's just, you know, see what we can make better 1% every single day and then take it from there. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's honestly a bit selfish because I feel the excitement when people come share those wins with me. Um, and I see their their eyes light up when they can see what's possible, um, if they could become millionaires themselves too, um, that's huge. And I also know uh, from another reason is like, it's the buy-in is even greater. The, The hooks that I have in them are bigger too. And so they're gonna wanna stay with me until we cross that finish line together as well.
1: That's excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, it's it's also refreshing to see to see uh, to see you think in a different way than let's say what regular business has taught us. Um, mm-hmm. Covid has hit hard. It's hit, hit hard all over, and and especially in the states. What are you noticing? And uh, what do you guys are are you engaged in any initiatives uh, that to help businesses around you? And how you're helping your clients kind of go mm-hmm. through that?
0: Um, yeah, we we've done a lot of. Um favors and stuff for our clients that, that had issues it's largely like past us now for the time being um some of the bigger things that we've done have been um we started that old uh black lives matter program so we brought in um not COVID related obviously but more the george floyd um killing when that happened mm. and we worked with an organization in long beach to bring in five boys and five girls from long beach and the uh, los angeles area to come in and learn about the world that we Operate in, um, and then equip them with MacBooks and iPhones to make sure that they basically had everything that I had when I started out. Um, and I, we taught them about content, we taught them about ads, we taught them about differentiation, we taught them about sales. So those are some of the things that we've done. Um, we hired one of them as well too, which was awesome. I think more will follow. And um, we also just finished a toy drive where we probably gave around almost twenty thousand dollars worth of, uh, of toys and donations. So those are some of the things that we like COVID specific during this time where we're focused on giving back.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's great to hear. Um, what is What are some of the things that you're looking forward next? I know you said you like, hey, there's one, one. I, I think of the next step. And, and you yeah, said you have exactly. some offers of acquisition. Um, if everything turns out the way you want it to turn out, what is the, what could be a next exciting yeah. thing? What are things that you're curious about?
0: So the big goal right now is to be acquired for a hundred million dollars or more. Like that's kind of our, our marker, which is why we, we set that like a million dollars a month in profit goal. Um, we believe we can hit that and it might take a couple of years, but we're going to track it. We're going to share it on our vlog. Um, Cause up until today, we kind of shared our, our journey to $1 million a month in revenue. And now we're going to flip it and do it in profit instead. Um, after, after that, I really honestly have no clue. Um, I am fiddling around a little bit with like Airbnb hosting and stuff like that, real estate related, but nothing big, um, try to learn that. Um, but right now it's just like head down until we can get to that marker of uh, of a million dollars a month in profit. Cool.
1: And what are some of the, let's say, not just personal challenges, but at a business. And mm-hmm. getting those ideas to to reality. There's a, I'm sure, as you know, the the marketing, as you know, probably better than me. The marketing this field is is constantly moving. Constantly, you mm-hmm. know, there are there are all kinds of things. So each client comes with their own challenges. But building a business that has all these clients and all these teams will have its own business uh, challenges. What are some some of right. the biggest challenges that you faced getting to here? Um, And how did you deal with them, with the the team? What's required from you?
0: Yeah, so not to sound like boastful or anything like that, the biggest challenge we have right now is hiring, which is a good problem to have. Um, Mm -hmm. We have expanded to another office in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're thinking about opening up one in Austin, Texas, and then we're also looking at um, a Europe location as well. So for now, it's just doing more of what we're already doing, doubling down on that, improving that execution, squeezing more ROI out from what we already have being very resourceful. Um, And then um, we also have a software component that we're excited to launch that should help us out quite a bit internally, but also help our valuation. So those are, those are the things that I think are like the immediate hurdles um, right now and maybe going up market more a bit for bigger companies.
1: And it's it's easy for somebody who looks at what you've accomplished here which is a lot and and good for you um and look at this and say yeah i mean you can do it and uh, obviously it's it sounds like it was you know a step by step yeah you had some challenges but these are simple challenges uh but yeah i mean mm-hmm. you can do it i can't or you know uh or it seems like it's a the journey the the uh the great journey of success you know success after success from clients to hiring the right people to, you know, stumbling on, you know, those lucky breaks. Um, How important is failure in the process as anyone who engages with ideas, creative process or anything else understands that failure is a part of the Mm -hmm. process. Um, How do you, but we're not trained to that. Mm -hmm. We're all of our school doesn't train us for failure. Like it's all about, you know, hitting the right mark, checking all the boxes, all of that. How do you train and untrain people? And what is the relationship like with failure for yourself and for the company?
0: So one thing I focus on is progress on a daily basis. Like you're shipping something. Think of your day-to-day world as like, especially if you're starting out, you have, you're wearing all the hats, you have a million things to do, but your job is just to flick these pebbles forward as many as you can per day. And eventually some of these pebbles will get to the finish line for that project to be done. So that's, a focus on measurable progress. And it doesn't matter how fast you get to your goal. What matters is you're just making progress. And then you'll find that eventually those pebbles turn into snowballs and the momentum is gonna help you out quite a bit too. Um, in regards to failure, I, I read, I can't say that I take it to heart yet because I haven't, but it's kind of one of those things like, you know, the same saying is if your marketing doesn't offend one person on a daily basis, you're not marketing hard enough. Same thing with like failure. Like if you're not getting a good amount of things that fail, you're really not pushing the potential of what you're doing, you're staying safe. Um, And so the rewiring of the brain, kind of like what you uh, referenced is how can you get to see that failures or losses are learning opportunities? Like it's actually bad news is good news as long as it's not death or like incurable disease. Everything else that's bad news is an opportunity for you to step up. Um, Same thing with like a person leaving the company. It's gonna bum me out, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be like, love you, praise you, like go out and kick some butt. I'm like, no, like I'm gonna keep digging until I figure out what I could have done better. And if I feel you're not being honest with me, I'm gonna try a little harder to keep going or maybe, you know, table the conversation and try again tomorrow or another time because I'm obsessed with trying to figure out what that feedback is so I can get better. Um, So those are some things where if if you can, look at your life or especially your career or professional focus of what you're doing as more of like, how can I fall in love with all the shit that I have to deal with? And then appreciate the journey. Then you'll have a lot more fun than thinking that happiness is going to be when you hit your goal. Cause it's not, Um, you have to be in love with what you're doing. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to follow your passion. It just means that you can, you can have fun and create the environment that you have in front of you today. Even if you're in some, not so great job, like rinsing porta potties, for example. Um, how can you be the best porta potty rinser, and how can you measure that? And then how can you make progress every day to grow your porta potty business?
1: That's so. That's such a good answer, and and um, so many good points there. Um, it it prompts me to 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 kind of something that you said, and I I want to come back to, which is you said you have um, values that spell party. Can you tell us what those values are?
0: Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, The P stands for pushing ourselves. The A stands for accountability. The R is for resilience, kind of like when bad news happens or failures happen. Uh, Also not to get emotional when you get feedback from somebody. Uh, The T stands for transparency, like being open and honest. And the Y is a focus on you, uh, which is basically an idea derived from servant leadership, meaning like, hey, look, I'm, my team is going to perform the best when they know that I'm here to serve them. Like I'm asking them, what can I do to be better for you? What resources can I give to you to make your life easier, even at home, not just professionally. And so I had those conversations with people once a month, uh, in my direct leadership circle, and then they have their conversations with their team of how can I be better for you? And so it's like a method of breaking ice on a, on a monthly basis with uh, the people that you're closest to. So those are the values. And if we hit all those, it's kind of like, you know, eat your vegetables uh, before dessert or like uh, eat your dinner before dessert, Uh, do your homework before you go play. It's like, if we take care of those, we can go celebrate, we can have fun and we can party.
1: That's, uh, these are su- such good uh, values to, to focus on. And it's, it makes me feel like I, my curiosity is filled into like, how did you get that? How did you achieve my, I started my, co- my thinking of into the, into coming into the podcast with thinking or the, ta- the conversation with you is like, how did you get to a million dollar per month? I wanted to find your secret. Mm-hmm. And with every kind <laughs> of yeah. answer, with every kind of answer, you kind of d- dispelled the secret which is no secret at all in the sense that there are certain mm-hmm. things that you there are certain values that you adhere to great people around you processes in place ad, uh, enhancement every once in a while like every every day enhanced mm-hmm. a little bit in, in the way you said it like push that pebble a little bit it's it's fascinating um mm-hmm. how do you how do you maintain kind of that mental agility you you seem to read quite a bit you mentioned about reading what are some of the stuff that you that you engage in to keep mental agility mm-hmm. but also kind of open-mindedness and thinking out of the box bringing new things to the business what do you do
0: yeah so i definitely smoke weed once in a while that helps me with my creativity um <laughs> i i should say that's probably not the reason why i'm creative but it, it helps um i do intermittent fasting but i've sucked at it lately um and then on top of that um i I used to be able to say that like, look, reading is for losers because I don't have time for that. Like, I'd rather figure out how to like learn by doing, which was very stupid and naive for me to think that way. And so since then, uh, reading has kind of been like the shortcut to trying out new ideas. Um, and one kind of like echoing off of what we talked about earlier is uh, a book called Who Not How. Like, don't worry about how you're going to do something like your goal. Ask yourself, who can help me solve this? who can I go reach out to? And when you have those conversations with the who's in your life that you find, you'll find completely different ways of solving that problem, or you can set goals that are even bigger. So it's a similar approach to what I do with delegation right now too. So like the, the mental acuity, uh, I wouldn't call myself super sharp in that. Cause like, I feel sometimes that my, my brain is like the monkey with the symbols, just like clapping kind of thing over time. And I try to make things as simple as possible so that I understand them. Um, but maybe that's, Maybe that's the hidden secret. Maybe it's because I simplify things so much that like anybody can do it. Um, and that's why we've been part of like, you know, the success that we've been having. Um, but there isn't, there isn't much fanfare. There isn't much like secret sauce to, to what I do. It's, it's, it's very simple.
1: Thanks for sharing that. And um, one final thing is, did you, did you get to start, for example, with all this work, with all this focus, did you get to start a family um, and, uh, or how do you maintain even mm-hmm. if you, uh, ex- like that relationship with uh, members of your family? Cause you're someone who sounds like a people's person. Yeah. Um, uh, how do, how do you maintain that balance and uh, what do you do?
0: So I I think maybe one of the greatest achievements so far is being able to build that family, uh, grow it as well, make it stronger. I really don't think that I work more than 40 hours a week. And so that's one lucky thing that I have going on for me that my wife and I, we have two young, happy boys with a third boy on the way. We just found out the gender here last week. Congratulations! Um, so thank you. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's not hard. Like if you want to, I ran a marathon, for example, that I trained for during uh, COVID that I wanted to do, um, not to sound all like cliche, but like if you have a goal, you're only holding back by yourself and your own way of thinking. And it's it's not hard to achieve. Um, you just got to like figure out what you got to change. So yeah, the balance uh, hasn't been difficult, hasn't been a need to balance. It's been more like a harmony, to be honest, um, that I've been happy with.
1: Good for you. And and congratulations on, on the new boy as well. Hopefully everything will <laughs> Thank work you. as well. Um, how old are they, by the yeah. way?
0: Four and two. And then the third one is due in May of 2021.
1: Oh, cool. Do you find yourself kind of finding, buying toys for them that you end up playing with? Because that's what I used to do. I'm just going to find, want to find somebody else who did it <laughs> other than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no not yet i don't think they're old enough but once we get into like the ninja turtles era once we get into like the sonic the hedgehog you know that i'm just going to be nerding out you know doing that and buying stuff that secretly i also enjoy yeah
1: oh super cool what are, what are some of the uh, some of the uh, stuff that outside of business outside of like uh, you know some of the you know your um, indulgence i would say like you said you said this all the things that you geek out <laughs> on in your own words what are some of the stuff
0: yeah Uh, Man, I love I'm a big basketball fan. Um, People are gonna make fun of me because they they basically say that I can't start a conversation with a new person without saying that I played professional basketball. That's not true. But then I basically (laughs) lied because I just told you that. Um, So I love basketball, big basketball fan. Um, I'm a sucker for chocolate, especially hazelnut chocolate. Love that. Um, I mean, I'm pretty simple of a person. I just, I love creativity. I love design. Um, Being from Denmark, very minimalistic very simplistic as well um, so our office is kind of a replication of that if it at some day gets finished depending on the permits that we're waiting for um, so you know there's there's not there's not much fun to me to be honest yeah.
1: is it is it you mentioned something like that I, I didn't know that as is is it kind of you said your heritage as someone from denmark kind of drives this minimalism is that like something that is fr- from denmark people are they minimalist in general like is, or is it
0: design i don't think yeah, yeah i think i think design like furniture wise it's minimalistic but like i don't know mm-hmm. mentally if it's minimalistic and simplistic in that sense because i know a lot of friends and, and and people from denmark that don't think in simple terms that don't they get overwhelmed a lot and i don't i don't I don't get overwhelmed. Um, like for example, we had our car broken into the other day, and my wife was freaking out, and I was like, "There's really nothing I can do." So I st- like thought about it for five seconds, and I'm like, "All right, on to the next one." Like, I'm what? What can I change? There's nothing I should change. I should live out of fear. So um, I'm very simple-minded in that way. But I think it's also um, the environment for me, like playing basketball, having the confidence from that, learning the teamwork um you know learning how to push yourself a lot of the 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 benefits and strengths i have have come from sports for sure so that can be helpful um but but being from denmark alone maybe maybe not i don't know maybe i'm really good at deciding like what a hot dog should taste like because i'm a big fan of hot dog dance in denmark but other than that i don't know <laughs>
1: That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Well, uh, Jonathan, it's been amazing talking with you um, and uh, amazing learning about the great accomplishment, your views on things, how you think of things as an entrepreneur. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Thank
0: you for being here. Of course, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. My pleasure.